helping uncover what's haunting you, dead or alive, practicing medium, tarot reader, horror lover, mental health advocate, writer, and artist. Join Destination Mystery as they interview the Village Tarot Witch. listening to Mystery Media Group. Yay! Carly and I have worked together on a few cases with Miriam Farish. So if you've seen her YouTube channel, you might have seen us on there. We both like to speak to spirits just in different ways. And Carly has developed a really awesome gift of tarot reading. And she uses those cards to help communicate with your spirits and help guide things as you go, correct? Yeah. You want to give a, us a lowdown on that? So um, I do consider myself a medium, but I don't practice mediumship the way most other mediums do in the sense that I really rarely get visuals or hear things. Um, so I have to, I have to work a little extra for my information, <laughs> but I kind of think that I I don't know. It's not that I like it better that way, but I think something stubborn in me is like, huh. <laughs> I connected those dots. I'm not sure what it is. But um, yeah, so when I sit down with a spirit or if I'm working with a ghost hunting team in the field, usually I'll let them take the lead. And then I kind of like, I'll let them ask the questions and I'll pull cards while they're asking. And we kind of compare notes to see you know, are my cards lining up with the EVPs being captured? Is the REM pod going off? Like I'm explaining the cards and the REM pods like beep, 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 (laughs) you know, things like that. Like, yes, yes. So what I do is I will ask the questions, usually the same question as the investigator at the same time. And I'll use the cards to help tell a story. So I work with the cards meaning is paired with my intuition to kind of weave them together to paint a picture of what's gone on in this person's life. And you do a pretty good job of making the evidence and the questions all kind of line up to fit the story and make a little bit more sense. I was very impressed the first time that I saw you reading. I was like, wow, she's good. <laughs> I, um, I've had a couple of tarot readings on myself. And then, of course, I have a few decks and I kind of fiddle with it a little bit, but I've never really used right. it much. But you're very gifted in what you do. You definitely have a talent yeah. there. That was the first investigation I ever did where we had tarot cards that you were using them. And I loved how... Yeah it was weird how we would get the evidence and it would line up with what the cards said. And then Miriam would come in and kind of give us a lowdown of what she was feeling. And we were able to all three of us work together to make sense of what was going on in a particular location and kind of 
figure that out and help resolve some issues for different families and stuff. So Mike, for example, we investigated Chris's clinic. Cosette has a lot of activity there with a female spirit. And she actually like hears, I mean, you know, we went in there once before, but she hears stuff moving around in that lab and stuff. And there was one particular incident that I remember. I don't remember what card you pulled, Carly, but we had asked a question about if there was anybody here that wanted to talk to us. And that was when the light flicked on for us. Oh, yeah. And you had pulled a card at the same time. And it was like a yes card of some sort, but I don't remember what it was. Yeah. Again. I have a few cards that are yes cards for me. Yeah, that investigation was crazy because it's been a while since I've done like a distance investigation like that. So I was actually pretty nervous going into it. I was well, like, I'd never, I'd never really done one before. So no, I, yeah. So I feel like all of us were like, how is this going to work? Um, yeah. Like I've done, I've done like distance readings for people where I'm just like texting, be like, yeah, you know, this is what I think is going on. Like, let me know if this lines up for you. But I was so nervous going into that. I was like, oh, what if I just don't get any because that can happen I mean just like a regular ghost hunt if they don't feel chatty they don't feel chatty but that woman that night really took a took a liking to me (laughs) which is like I appreciated I still am kind of like giggling because you're one of the nicest people that I've ever met and she was like she did not like you (laughs) oh yeah yeah that was so surprising well it made a lot of sense to me though because I was like every time I go in there I just and I don't go in there that often like very rarely but I don't feel comfortable in there and I don't get that feeling very very often but I remember walking in one time and before I had even gone down the hall the bathroom light flicked on and I was like okay, who's here? Why do you always mess with me when I come in? You know, and um, I'm like, if if that was really somebody here that's trying to communicate with me, turn the light off. And I didn't, I didn't think anything would happen. And like, bam, the light went off. And I was like, okay, then. All right. So maybe I had an attitude the first time I tried to communicate with them. But um, yeah, Melissa, I yeah. think she's crushing on Chris and you're threatening her. <laughs> okay, I don't know about that. You know, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Um, okay. Uh, sure, Chris can have her. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> go for it. <laughs> he wouldn't even attempt that. He's too scared of that stuff. He hates, <laughs> he hates going in there alone. But, but the most activity happens around Cosette. So I don't know. Yeah, I can, I can see, see though, the, the spirit that we were communicating with could definitely relate to you with your your witchy vibes, I guess. And, um, mine were different. Ah. Yeah. So it made sense. It it does make sense. It still kind of makes me laugh though. Cause you just, you never know. You never know. Do you, but I do, I do get a lot of spirits who just want to talk. Like I don't help cross people on or do any of that. I'm really only here to be like, what happened to you? What's going on? You know, you yeah. want to, you want to talk about your feelings a little bit and then, uh, you know, so let's work this stuff out. Therapist. You're, yeah. I, um, with some of my friends on Instagram, I call myself Casper's dad <laughs> and it's, he's not even Casper's dad. He's, he's the girl's dad, but you know, oh, that's the dad, that's the dad from Casper. <laughs> he's a, he's a ghost therapist. So yeah, that's my whole thing. I try to help the living and the dead with their sad feels. <laughs> Are you pulling cards right now? I have them in front of me. I usually will just like shuffle 
while I'm doing things. Yeah, it's, I just always have them and I'll shuffle. And Melissa and I were in a meeting the other day that was really amazing. I, I won't go into that, but I was pulling cards then. I was like, this is amazing. And I just sat on it for like a while before I was like, cards. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not actively pulling, but I will just, I'll sit here and I'll just shuffle. (laughs) I do the same thing. You have to keep your hands busy all the time. So what, what got you started in tarot and, and Oracle reading and, and what's the difference? Do you want to tell us? Yeah. So I'll tell you the difference between tarot and Oracle, and then I'll give you the brief version of how I got started. A tarot deck will have all of the same cards, pretty much. Um, it has a major arcana and a minor ar- arcana. So there'll be the majors. And then in the minor arcana, there's four suits and there's a set number of cards in each one. Occasionally, some of the names can be changed a little bit and the artwork will change based on the artist. But for the most part, they all mean the same thing. Oracle cards are really cool because they work the same way. You shuffle them and you can ask similar questions, but what they mean will depend entirely on the deck creator. So, and even how the number of cards in each deck, I have some that have like 30 cards and some that have 70. My favorite deck that I use all the time is the Memento Mori. And that's an Oracle deck. And I have the main deck and all three expansion packs in here. So it's like, it's beefy. (laughs) Realize they did expansion packs with some of them. They do expansion packs. And I'm not a member of her Patreon. But if you are a member of her Patreon, she will send out Patreon exclusive cards sometimes. So some of my friends have those. And I'm like, oh, I just bought her book. It's uh, like her guide to seances. I haven't read through it yet. But I did see a chapter on dice divination, and that looks really neat. I'm going to have to try it sometime. But yeah, so that's that's the basic rundown. And I got into it because uh, I moved from Texas to Florida. I'm back in Texas now. <laughs> but when I moved to my house in Florida, I had a series of just really strange encounters that I couldn't explain. And... You know, I feel like a lot of us who go into the paranormal have had experiences all our lives, but with the way that I was raised, you know, we didn't really talk about ghosts or anything. So anytime I would have one of these experiences, I chalked it up to anxiety. So I was like, oh, that's, you know, I'm just to me all the time. Yeah, like I'm just, yeah, for a long time. That's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I thought it was, but it got harder and harder to ignore at this house. Like I would be alone and I love to be alone. And as a mom, I don't get to be alone very often. So like, and I like that also. Yeah. I savor, I savor my alone time. And, but what does alone mean? Alone means no kids, no, (laughs) no one else, no one else, no kids, no other humans with me. (laughs) But I would be sitting there and feel someone's eyes on my back. And it got to the point where I was only sitting in the corner of the room. Um, But this one particular night, I left my room to get, I was going to get ibuprofen. Um, And I had stepped out of my room and I stopped dead. And like, I didn't know what I was feeling and I didn't have any way to know it, but I was like, I don't think that I'm alone. And I was so scared that I couldn't 
make myself take another step forward. And for whatever reason, I decided to tell my new friends about this. <laughs> and um, actually, I told them about it because they had been talking about like birth charts and things like that. So I was like, okay, so maybe they know something that I don't know, right? They're a little bit more um, minded than some others. Yeah. Right. Right. So I explained to them how this happened and they said that I should call their friend who's a psychic medium. And at the time I was like, no, I don't believe in that. No. But what ended up getting me to call is, I mean, one of my friends is very persuasive, but I kept thinking like, what if one of my kids experienced that? Like, what if they had that kind of fear? And I was like, "Mm, that's enough. That's enough. I was curious. And I also didn't want my kids to repeat the experience I had had. So I had this woman come over and she cleared my house and she blessed it with holy water, which was a whole thing for me. (laughs) I was like, cool. What is this? You know? (laughs) Yeah. And then she sat down to do a reading with me, a card reading, and she was using an Oracle Dex, but mid reading, she stopped and reached into her bag and said, they're telling me that this is going to be important for you. And she gave me one of her decks. So it was it was really neat. I don't know. I don't know that I even responded very well at the time. Cause like, if you hand me a present, I just, I don't know what to do with it. I'm just like, thank you. <laughs> you know. So I was like, okay, this is a stranger who's telling me all these details about my life and now giving me things. But uh, yeah, it, it really just clicked. <laughs> and so you started using the deck she gave you then and did you try communicating with any of them after you learned what the deck was for? Or? I, yeah, so I practiced with that deck. It was actually in, it was an angel oracle deck, which is a little bit ironic because I am not a very religious person anymore, but I used to be. So I practiced with that deck every day. And then I taught myself tarot. I probably was in my practice for a couple of years, maybe give or take. But what happened is I broke my foot and I just was so bored. It was Halloween time. I was supposed to go to Salem, but we couldn't go because my foot was in a boot and it was COVID. So it was like, that's that's a lot of obstacles for, <laughs> for that was like the height of 2020 when um, you needed testing before you could get on the plane and things like that. So a friend of mine now, but at the time I didn't really know him. I just, I followed somebody else on Instagram who posted the spread and said, any tarot readers out there want to give this a try? My friend, Eric, on Instagram, he's known as Ghost Hunter of South Florida, is going to this place and he wants, you know, he's going on this ghost hunt, give it a try and see what you get. So I have a past lives tarot deck and I thought, hmm. Why not? (laughs) Let's give it a a try. Yeah. So I had, um, I guess I should also say that I had been like binge watching ghost hunting shows by that point because it's Halloween and my foot's broken. What else are you going to do? You can't go anywhere. Yeah, you can't go anywhere. So I really, I had a lot of moments click into place where I was like, huh, that feeling of being watched might mean that there's actually like, that might not be just my anxiety. There might actually be someone there. So I tried the spread and he messaged me and was like, you know, that was actually like, that was pretty accurate. There was relevant information in there. And I was like, that's a thing I can do, (laughs) you know? 
So I started asking when I would have things happen at my house, I would ask the cards about them. So I kind of just taught myself a lot like you would do in a normal ghost hunt. I would be like, okay, well, who are you? And I'd read cards and try to gauge based on how I feel. And what I mean by that is I feel like male energy and female energy have, they feel, they feel different to me. So if none of the cards are necessarily pointing one or the other, I kind of will tune in to what my gut is saying. And I also feel like younger people and older people feel different energetically. So it's a weird blend of feeling and what the cards are saying. So it was just a lot of trial and error. And then Eric and that team was so great and letting me go out and join them for investigations in the field. And then I'd have friends who would be like, Hey, this weird thing happened. And I was like, cool, let me pull cards. Like let's, <laughs> let's figure that out. So a lot, a lot of trial and error. <laughs> How else can you do paranormal science? I mean, exactly. yeah, you can't conduct it in a controlled laboratory. The same yeah. thing that worked for one investigation is not going to work for another. So you have to be able to be, be able to change quick or be able to adjust. Your feet. Adaptive. Adaptive. <laughs> Words are hard. Words, Words are hard. hard. Yeah. Are hard. <laughs> but yeah, Michael, do you want to kind of talk about some of the things that we've done? Trial and error type things, techniques that we've used? All of it's been trial and error for me because I'm brand new to this. And I kind of thought some of that was going to be hokey. But, well, some of it is, but. Well, but it, it is. But when we started using that that uh, spirit box, I was getting a little worried. I'm like, I, I don't know what's going on here. What are we doing? But and how can how can a spirit talk through this box? I don't get it. Yeah. But then when we heard the voices. And it was an age-specific, gender-specific child. And then her name's written on the wall, and the age was written on the wall. Yep. Well, I can't explain that. I can't just say it was coincidence or luck. It, there's more to it than that. How? I don't know. But no. there's something to that. We're all still trying to figure that out, I think. All of us who are, you know, <laughs> different things to figure this out. I was going to say, yesterday we were talking about the flashlight thing. That when you turn it just before it comes on or off, it can be manipulated to turn off and on. But a thermostat works with a piece of metal. When it gets a certain temperature, it flexes and turns your furnace on. That's how a thermostat works. So, you know, we could say that's what was happening with the the flashlight. Right. Mm -hmm. But then when you say, turn the light on if you're here and boom, it turns on. Well, that's a little harder to dismiss. Yeah. Those are harder. Yeah. I haven't tried the flashlight. I love that when it happens in the shows, though. That happened on one of our investigations, too, didn't it? Yeah, it's such an easy tool to use because everybody's got a flashlight. I mean, a cheap one, like you can get one at the dollar store and just. Those are even better. You know, and sometimes, yeah, it'll come on and it's probably nothing. Right. Um, Or it'll flicker and it's probably nothing. But what you do is, okay, hey, will you turn on that flashlight if you want to talk? Okay, Uh boom, it comes on. Well, what made it come on? So you're like stomping the ground, did anything, you know, you've tripped right. it out, but then right. hey, um, can you, if that was you, can you turn it off and it goes off? I think you might have something there. I, I, I think that's what scared the most people is when that happens. Yeah. yeah. More people <laughs> ran from that than from the voices coming across the spirit box. So. Yeah. Isn't that funny? I yeah. love it when that happens. I, I like the cat balls, the like the yes. motion. 
because I got so excited about those. I bought a bunch and it, but it, it's the same thing. It's like, okay, yeah, that could be a draft. It could be like any number of things. But when you say, if that was you, could you please do that again? And it immediately lights up. It's like, okay, that, that would be hard. That would be hard to replicate. Or you're saying, did I get that right? And it lights up. It's like, Hey, yeah, that's, that's different. <laughs> or, you know, I'm asking, did I get that right? And at that moment, you just happened to pull a card that says yes, or that yes, you did. You know. <laughs> I think that's just one cool way to add tarot into the investigation, because it's just one more thing to add to all the little pieces of evidence that you collect that make the story. Yeah. And also corroborate everything, because let's say all you get was the flashlight coming on. Well, could be paranormal, but probably not. But if you're right. getting the voice and the tarot card that says yes, and you're getting it to answer, all those things put together really kind of make you think you've got something there. Yeah, it really adds to it. And I feel like doing it that way gave me a lot of confidence in what I do because it's really hard to doubt yourself when, like, you know, I'll be like sprawled out with cards everywhere. And I'm like going through and I'm like, I think that this is what they're saying. And then they play back the EVP and it's a similar sentence. And I'm like, ha, I can't make that up. I mean, like combining the spiritual aspect with the actual evidence is it's the most thrilling thing ever to me. <laughs> it really is. And then you find out, hey, I'm kind of good at this. Maybe I should have been doing this a lot longer. I know, right? It's like, it's just, it's a whole thing. Yeah, I love investigating like that. And I'm happy to see more people kind of start experimenting with some of these alternative techniques because, you know, I think I was lucky in the team that I worked with initially. And now I feel like enough people kind of know what I do and have seen what I do enough that it's like not quite as hard. But, you know, I still had that little period where I kind of had to like prove what I was doing and not, not to them necessarily as much as probably to myself. Cause they were like, this is awesome. You know, yeah. is it right? Is it not? I don't know, but it's fun. So I hope that more people start experimenting with it because I feel like there's so many talented people out there with different gifts who right. can. Mediumship can mean something different. Somebody may see it. Somebody may hear it. Somebody may feel it. Exactly. It's all different for everybody. It's all different. Yeah, I had a really hard time with that because I used to not call myself a medium because I was like, well, but I can't do... What? I can't... That was weird. My, I have a, a cork board set up behind this that just... Oh. It fell, in, it fell into me. <laughs> I've had that. Apparently, I should no longer say I can't do things. So weird. Michael Carly is also a poltergeist and she can manipulate the lights. <laughs> I have been told that. I don't know how or when I've been told that I manipulated the lights once. And I was like, that would be cool. I'd like to do that as a parlor trick. Like, can you make the lights flicker when I ask this question? (laughs) It would be really cool. (laughs) Yeah, I wish. That's my question, though, is how does a spirit do it? But we can't do it. I think that's what I want to know. Michael, I think people can. They just don't. Tap into that side of themselves. Right, that's your assignment then is figure out how to do it. Figure out how to do it. I would love, actually, that might be fun for me just to like sit around and try. Sure. 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 a light bulb for hours. I'll set up the flashlights around me and be like, Lemon. yeah, surround yourself with flashlights. 
and make sure you record yourself. It would, it would, that would be a really cool thing to try since <laughs> I've been told that I can do this. And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> now, one thing too, I was thinking is, you know, if we're communicating with spirits from back in the day, they're going to look at my spirit box and go, what the heck is that? I don't want to touch that. I don't know what, what that is that for. thing. Yeah. But they're very familiar with using cards. Right. And so, oh, maybe I'll help her use the pictures on these cards to Just tell what talk. Right. Because that's a lot less scary for someone who has no idea what a spirit yeah. box is or a, a REM pod or something. A REM pod. Yeah. I try to go in. I mean, I'm not going to lie. There's a couple of times when I got a little annoyed with the spirits, but like for the most part, I go in and I try to just be like, I would talk to you like, hey, I'm here. If you want to talk a lot, like I use the same kind of terminology that you guys would use. And the other investigators would say, you could talk to me through this device. You could talk to me. You could turn the lights up to red if you can, things like that. And I just say, you can talk to me through these cards. And I can help explain what you mean. So I hope it's a comforting thing to them to be like, that doesn't seem as intimidating. I don't know. Yeah. And I always like to start off with, hey, I've got this. This is how it works. This, this is how it works. If you want to communicate with me this way, if you want to communicate that way, there's some different options. And hopefully they find one that works for them if they want to communicate. Exactly. Yeah. That REM pod is so loud that I wouldn't want it to go off. Yeah. It annoys me, to be honest. So <laughs> I have a little coffin shaped REM pod and I love it. But there was one night that I was on an investigation and it would not stop. It was going off constantly and I couldn't decide. If, but the night that I brought it to this investigation, there are, you know, the whole team was there. So there are like REM pods galore all over this place. And I have right. my little coffin. It was almost like the spirits there were so used to seeing this, their the familiar REM pods that they were like, to the point where eventually it was like, all right, I don't know if it's working or if it's malfunctioning because it's going off too often. (laughs) Probably familiar with coffins. They're probably, (laughs) we'll set it up while we're talking just for fun. I put it over on my dresser behind me. Since I already had my corkboard thrown at me, maybe we'll have some more fun. <laughs> have you had any activity since you moved there? You know, I've had a few random things. I'll say that when I went into my house in Florida, even as someone who did not believe at the time, I was like, this house feels like something, doesn't it? My parents' house now, I'm living with my parents now. And... Uh, now that I'm more familiar with energy, I walked in here and I was like, this is a neutral zone. There is nothing here. So I kind of was like, oh, well, I'm not going to miss being woken up in the middle of the night. But, you know, it'll make it a lot harder to tell the stories that I like to tell. Within a couple of weeks, I had a ghost from my last house, my house in Florida, come here to talk to me and was like, hey, what are you doing? You're not doing You're not doing any of the stuff you're supposed to be doing. And I was like, okay, first of all, interesting that you knew where to find me. But also, I guess it will not stop ghosts from coming. (laughs) So I wasn't sure if it was the house or if it was me. So it was kind of like, okay, I will say it's not, it's not as active. I've had a few strange things happen here. But now I'm like, okay, that's, that's me. That's, it's not the house. It's not spirits coming in or out of the house. They're just, they're coming for me. (laughs) Carly, can I ask you a question? Yeah, of course. When you're looking your cards, Uh are you looking at the back or the fronts? 
when you're so, when you're shuffling. So I shuffle them face down, and I will flip through them also face down. I think I pull cards a little bit differently than most people. Some people will read just the cards that come jumping out, or they'll read the toppers. I will say like. I'm not doing a spirit investigation, but I'll say, what do I need to know today? And I will flip through them until I feel like I should stop. And sometimes I pull three cards, sometimes I pull four. So when I'm doing a mediumship reading or a regular one, I put them all face down and then I flip them over. If they were face up and I saw a card I didn't like, I felt like I should stop. I would be like, no, thank you. (laughs) I'm not doing this reading today. (laughs) I don't want that today. Yeah. You say jump out. What do you mean? Uh, so you can be shuffling a ca- shuffling a deck of cards and one will literally come like flying out of the deck. Um, really? Huh. Yeah. So tarot readers will call those jumper cards and I will occasionally read those. But for the most part, I pick them back up and I shuffle them back in. And it's not because they don't think that they have a message. It's just I drop cards a lot. Mm. Oh, did it go up? A small little beep. But... Ooh. I'm going to have to get my, I'm going to have to get some more cat balls and just mess around in here because Ooh, that's <laughs> what I thought. <laughs> yeah, someone's around. <laughs> Michael, I don't know if you've seen most tarot card readers, but they flip through them so quick that sometimes they just, you know, fly out. Well, they'll just, they'll fly out. I would, I, well, actually, if I picked a smaller deck, I could, I can maybe show you. I have a different one right here. This deck does not, I don't have the guidebook for, so I just make up ridiculous meanings for it. So we'll just see if when when you don't have the guidebook. (laughs) With this one, the illustrations on this deck are just, I don't think one's going to jump out, but the illustrations on this deck are just wild. They're like old timey. It's just that one looks like they're burning a witch at the stake. That's exactly what's happening. But some of them are okay, like look at this one. It's a lady cutting off. It looks like corn stalks, but they have little devil heads on Bad them. Devil heads. That's weird. Um, I just took to giving them ridiculous meanings. And I don't want to know what they really mean now, because it's one of those things where I'm like, I don't know. This is kind of fun. So, Michael, do you want to have a reading? Uh, do I? Yeah, I think you do. All right. Let, okay. let Carly show you what she does. It's freaking awesome. Show me your magic. I'm going to grab an actual tarot deck. Is going over the internet or phone different than live for you? No, it's It's the the same. same. Yeah, it's the same because I, you know, I don't know who answers. I think that answer probably is different depending on the reader. Like, I don't know who's giving me these answers I'm reading, but yeah, in person or like, I might feel a little bit stronger in person, but you could probably read the energy of the person a little bit better. Maybe if you're in person, but yeah. Whether yeah, that, it's going to change the meaning of the cards or not, probably not. Well, look, I just said that I don't read jumpers and here's two. <laughs> I caught them with my wrists. I'll keep them out. We'll be, I'll keep them out and I'll go over them in a minute. So out of curiosity, uh, I wonder what they were. I'll tell you, I'll tell you what they All were. Right. Uh, so the first card is the four of pentacles and the four of pentacles is usually comes up when you are holding on to a situation. I like this picture a lot because he's in this deck, he's sinking in quicksand and he's holding $4 bills above him and his face, like his face looks desperate. And I like this interpretation of the card because the traditional meaning does tend to be like clinging to something that you might be better off leaving behind. 
And what that is for you, I can't exactly say. Like if I pulled a few more cards, if you were like, oh, that sounds like me, uh, I could pull a few more cards and give some more enlightenment. But, you know, I can't tell you exactly what it's about. Uh, And then the next card is death, which is fun because it's not actual death. I feel like I should always lead with that because if you're not familiar with tarot and you get the death card, it's like, oh, oh no. The death card is a... I heard that one. Rampide. Thank you. Might be responding to you, Mike. That's what I was worried about. (laughs) The death and the beeping going on. There it went again. There it goes again. Ask it a question, Mike. Ask the spirit a question. Am I going to die? Would have been a bummer if it lit up that time, wouldn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Eventually, Mike. Probably eventually. But the death card signifies a change or a transformation. So these two cards together would mean that you want things to stay the way they are. And they might not be you. These could be, I'm over-justifying. But these two cards combined are like a change, a necessary change needs to happen in order for you to grow and evolve into your next state of being, so to speak. It's never a literal death. It's more of a metaphorical death. Like you're a little caterpillar and now you're going to be a butterfly. (laughs) It's beautiful. So Normally, when I sit down to do a reading with someone, now that we've done those jumper cards, I ask if they have anything that they would like to know, or if they just want me to ask the cards what the cards have to say for them. Those are the jumper cards? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But if they were relevant, I can expand on that. That's your third option. Tell me what you were going to say. I'm curious if you had more to say about it. No, but I can, I will pull and I'll just ask them to expand on those two jumper cards. Okay, so I have three cards now, and I will flip them over. Your first card is the Three of Wands, which is a card of future planning. In traditional tarot, it's a man, and he's like got a pack on, and he's looking out over a lake, and you can see the mountains behind him. This one's a more like sci-fi interpretation of it. But either way, it is looking towards the future and planning your next steps. So in this case... My favorite analogy is Bilbo Baggins when he's running out of his little hobbit hole and he's like, I'm going on a journey or whatever. It's like the beginning stages of that where you are thinking about what your next steps are, right? So then you have the lovers, which it can signify its most popular interpretation is a romantic relationship. But if that doesn't fit for you, it is following your passion. It is choosing the path that will fill you with the most the most contentment and fulfillment because the lover's card is, it's a card of, it's finding your perfect match. It's the honeymoon phase. It's, you know, all of the good things. So with this coming right after the three of wands, If this is not signifying a romantic connection in your life, then to me, this would indicate if you're struggling to let go of something and you're struggling to let go of this change that needs to happen, but maybe it's a bit scary, then think of the path that you could take that you would find greater fulfillment because those paths are available. Sometimes they're just, oh, look, it ended with the four of pentacles. (laughs) That one, Mike. It was shuffled in between. But yeah, so instead of holding on, I think that one thing that people, I do it. So a trap that most people can fall into is that 
it can be scary to leave the familiar, the known path. And you kind of want that safety net. You want what's comfortable and familiar, even if you're kind of drowning in quicksand. This could be a job that you hate, but it pays your bills. It could be a lot of different things. I don't know which one. And also this is a podcast. So I feel like I'm not going to be like, hey. (laughs) Your dirty laundry. (laughs) Hey, this is what's happening for you. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, off the top of my head, Mike, I think that could be relevant in several different ways for you. Does it make Uh, any sense to you? Crap or beliefs or what? Anything. It could be either. Do you grudges? Yes. I mean, there's a lot of things that I can think of that we talked about this weekend that we're both holding on to that we need to just let go. So I think that first card is pretty relevant for him. And the fact that you got it twice. Me too. Me too. It's okay. If it makes you feel better. (laughs) Hold on to things when, you know, I know I need to make a change, but it's going to be hard or I don't know exactly how that new change is going to play out in my life. And so it's difficult to make the next step even if I know I should, and I'll hold on to my old way of thinking or my old way of doing things all the time. I I think as humans. It is human. Yeah. Well, because something that I explain to people a lot is that sometimes what's comfortable, even if you're not happy, you still know what to expect. So it's like, yeah, is it the greatest? No, but... I know what that's going to be like. And if I do this, I don't know. That could be worse. You know, why leave? This is fine. It's fine. Why experiment with something else when this is technically working, you know, as I'm sinking into quicksand <laughs> to be like, it's fine. Did your lemons flicker, Carly? Yeah, they do that sometimes. Okay. But as far as that combination of cards, I would say this without knowing you or what's going on, I would say that it's more of a, it's not like a, hey, you have to do this. Like, let go. You're drowning in quicksand. Let go of those $4 bills. But what those cards to me say is that it's giving you an opportunity to dream of the possibilities that would lead you to the lover's card, whatever that is for you. You know, the job, the the ideal situation It's allowing yourself the time and the mental space to take a few minutes and daydream, basically. And I feel like that's hard for a lot of people. That's hard for me too. But just giving yourself the possibility to explore is the point of that one. Like, you know, what you're, whatever is happening right now probably is fine, but there is more for you on the horizon if you're willing to look for it. The death card with the change is a a little more aggressive in its nudging, being like, hey, are you going to listen? Are you going to, you know, you should really do this. But it's also like nothing in tarot is a you have to do this or this is the only thing that's going to happen. It is all entirely your choice. And how the cards are interpreted will depend on the person, the question asked, the situation. How I feel that day. Yeah. That's the thing. I think most people, if they're not familiar with tarot, it's like, okay, well, so does that mean that I have to do this? And right. no, you don't. You don't have to do anything. This is this is your choice. It's more of just like an invitation. What tarot deck was that one? 
This was the Pulp Tarot. Yeah, all of them look like movie posters from like vintage movie posters. And the box looks like a book, like a film noir. When you do past lives reading, Mm -hmm. do you do past lives readings or you just use the deck? Yeah, I do the readings too. So I have a few different past life decks. I will say that um, past lives are something that I I don't struggle with them because I I accept them on one hand. And on the other hand, I'm like, well, logically speaking, what are the odds that that's going to happen? But yeah, I, I like doing past life readings just as much as I like doing spirit communications, because again, it's about getting a feel for a person and telling a story more than like, like what I just did is a semi-typical tarot reading where I'm just telling you what the cards are saying. But in a past life reading, it's like uncovering more of who you were. What was your background? What was your life like? What lessons did you learn? What didn't you learn? If past lives are a thing, what did you bring into this life? Or do you have any unresolved issues and things like that? I read some really interesting past lives. Yeah. I have I have complicated feelings about it, but I am I love doing them. You know, I never believed in them for so long, but there's been so many times when I was like, it doesn't make sense. Is it going off your turn for the REM pod? (laughs) Do I have a past life I need to know about? Well, so one thing that I think is really interesting, and this is one of the reasons that I started learning how to do past life readings is that you hear so many stories of people who vividly remember being a different person to the extent that they can track the person that they used to be. And when they're finally believed and they look into it, it's like, I said, I was a 50 year old man who was shot and all blah, 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 blah. And it's like a five-year-old little girl saying it and they uncover it. And it's the exact story she's telling. And it's like, well, how would how would this child know any of these details? There was one again on TikTok. I should branch out too many TikTok references, <laughs> but there was one that I saw on a TikTok video that was a child who described being a former member of the royal family, but they described their experiences in such detail from such like a small child that like, okay, maybe that makes sense if you have a parent and they were American, by the way. So maybe it makes sense if you have a parent who's like obsessed with the royal family and like watching the crown constantly or have magazines full and books of palace layouts. But this child was able to describe rooms within the palace and things like that. And it's like, how? How would you know that? Also a bit of a bummer to go from British royalty to just like American, no one. <laughs> but it does make sense because if you're wanting to evolve and you have to go through so many different things in order to learn what you need to learn in order to advance. Makes sense to me. I guess we won't know until we die. I know. The great unknown. Hit the REM pod if you agree. <laughs> I really appreciate you joining us tonight. Thank you for having me. We'll keep in touch. Tell everybody where they can find you. Yeah, you can find me. I am the Village Tarot Witch on Instagram. Uh, I'm on TikTok, but I'm not super active on there. I do have a Facebook page, but I think there's like one thing. I didn't even finish setting it up all the way. It's there. It's just come to Instagram. If you want to talk to me, come to Instagram. 
And I have been giving everyone the additional warning that um, that is my only account. There's no extra symbols or letters or numbers. Um, scam accounts are a real problem with tarot readers. So that is my one and only. And I, I don't offer readings currently, nor will I message you asking if you would like a reading. <laughs> if you are just, if you're just now experiencing me, that's my, that's my warning. One account. If you enjoy our show, please like, subscribe, and leave a five-star review. For more information, you can visit www.destination-mystery.com. Find your own destination and solve the mystery.